bite of apple and I'm good. Mm-hmm. That's the good shit. Chris Hansen here, and I'm gonna need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yes. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert, upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope Dude, is gone. No. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm gonna drink bleach. That is the team you promised me you were gonna be this year! This is the Consciously Hopeful Podcast. I'll be watching. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 104 of Birds vs. Boys. We are now officially into the offseason, into draft season. The Super Bowl has come and gone. The season is over. I am sad, but excited for draft season because... If it is not your first time here listening or watching Birds or Boys, you know that we are draft junkies and we're going to be all over the draft. But before we get to draft season, we kind of have to put a bow on the postseason. Talk a little Super Bowl and then we'll move forward. So, Aiden, how are you? How did you enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday? I'm doing well. I'm I'm subdued. I'm in a subdued mood. I kind of feel you know how there you work so hard during the semester or during school, and then there's that like week between Christmas and New Year's where you're really just like not doing anything. That's kind of how I feel where we are right now, where the season's over, and there's gonna be a whole new season. There's gonna be a draft season that we're gonna focus on. But right now you're kind of in that in-between where you're not really doing anything. I enjoyed Super Bowl Sunday. You know, it won't be the most memorable Super Bowl that I've ever watched in my entire life, but it happened. I used that analogy before. It was like college, you know? I enjoyed college. It was the greatest time of my life. It exceeded every expectation possible. But by the time it ended, I had done everything there was to do, and that's kind of how I felt on Super Bowl Sunday. It was time to to wrap it up. Yep, it was. Um, The outcome was the outcome I think I expected. I bet on mm-hmm. the Rams to win, um, and they did win. Our bet that we had locked in hit and hit with the first touchdown of the game with Odell Beckham. And I not only bet him to score, I bet him to score the first touchdown of the game, as did Vince. Um, but if you listened or watched here last week, what did we tell them? Tell the people to do, Aiden? Uh, bet on him because he was having a baby. I Listen, I don't know if Van Jefferson's wife was yeah. going to have a baby during the game. I may have bet on him too. <laughs> the, the wildest part is she must have went to the game in labor because now that I'm so close to this whole kid thing, like it's not like the whole thing in the movies, like my water broke and the baby comes like that's not really like a thing. Like it's this whole process and stuff. So like she probably went to the game knowing like, oh, yep, I'm in labor, but you know, he's not missing this game. <laughs> Yeah, I guess uh, yeah, I did not know that at all. I only know about the movies, and then there's a puddle of water on the floor. And yep. Like, oh my god! Well, it's kind of most of the out time of that doesn't now. even happen. The doctors have to go in there and break it for them. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> Sounds glorious. Sounds like a great time. <laughs> yeah, wait. <laughs> like you could be in labor for twenty hours. Oh. That just sounds like such a fun experience. <laughs> I and, and speaking of on this, and I 
so there's a chair that I'm going to have to sleep in at the hospital. <laughs> and we know two two couples that have given birth at this hospital. And the guys are like, the chair is horrific. Like, it's just like, it's awful to sleep in. So I was, we were just sitting on the couch the other day and I was like, babe, she's like, yeah, I was like, I am terrified of this chair. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess, yeah. I didn't think that one through. <laughs> you, uh, think you have it bad. Yeah. You should feel the comforting on this chair. This fucking chair I got to sleep in. My neck. Cranked. Back is sore. Oh, God. Oh, no right. I'm going to get eight hours tonight. Yes. <laughs> Hey, get some melatonin or something. <laughs> All right, so Super Bowl happened. It came, like you said. Yeah, it wasn't the most memorable. I didn't go to a big party this year either. It was just me and my wife in the in the basement. Made some nachos, had some wings. It was nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a fun game. It was a good game. Everybody's freaking out about the refs at the end of the game. What did you think about that? I didn't care too much just because, yeah, I thought that they did play good defense. The linebacker being able to cover Cooper Cup in that position was borderline miraculous given the season that Cup had had. But also on the first play of the half, guy stiff-armed Jalen. T. Higgins stiff-armed Jalen Ramsey to the ground. So, yeah, just ripped him to the ground. So I didn't didn't think the refs played too much of a factor. Like you said, uh, subdued for me as well, just sitting at home and watching the game. I still believe we probably already watched the two best teams play football this year when the Bills Mm -hmm. played the Chiefs. That's kind of why I feel like maybe it's a little bit the 17-game schedule. Maybe it's a little bit of that where I'm just like, all right, it's time for the season to be done here. Uh, We've done everything that we had to do. So, yeah, it was a good game, but I don't know. I, I was just like... Yeah, these are good teams. Are these the two best teams? I don't know. Your thought on The Rock in the beginning of the game? I thought the angle that they brought the camera out was hilarious. Where they're like, what angle could we get his bicep at where it looks the most enormous? But I, I could do without it personally. Yeah, it's 100%. not like, you know, like you and I are sports fans, so we're ready to to go and watch the game but i do realize that there's an entire population who are not really in it for the x's and o's like they're not talking about odell beckham scoring the first touchdown because he has a favorable matchup on defense or something like that and that's where they they come in with the rock and just making it a spectacle and Mm -hmm. i know we're going to talk about the scene in la of the rams winning but it just to me like Part of the Super Bowl is being a spectacle, not a sport. And, and the players were on the field for the kickoff. Like that was just a standing there. <laughs> I was like, these guys are like just ready to go. And the Ross like, oh, no, <laughs> on this side. Like, All right. So what, what do we do? They, and it was kind of awkward because they didn't have to stand there awkwardly. But I mean, it didn't make or break my day. Like I didn't wake up the next morning. I was like, yeah, I enjoyed the Super Bowl. But the goddamn rock was yeah. just standing in the middle of the field like that. Just, you know, it yeah, didn't it cross was, my mind. Again, that. it just happened. Like it was yeah. just now something that I did absolutely love was the halftime show. Now, I know you enjoy these artists as well. I think even a little bit like you're a little bit younger than me. Like I was fully into Dre and Snoop and Tupac. Like that was my and I had an older brother. So like the chronic like that was like it. Every bit of that halftime show hit 
and like I I knew immediately like on my Facebook the people that like the old the old whites did not enjoy the, the halftime show, but like our generation, all in. I I'm totally with you, totally all in. So I was like great right behind you. So I was in the generation of Eminem, mm-hmm. Fifty Cent, mm-hmm. and just combining that together, and it felt like the first time where the they kind of targeted our audience i know they had the weekend last year but he's a little bit more like pop mainstream and this was kind of a target at nostalgia where those guys aren't producing albums on a year-by-year basis like some of the rappers are like well kendrick lamar does even though the running joke is he really doesn't but you're right it was just like targeted nostalgia for our age group and you combine that like me like a little bit younger where it was 50 and eminem and for you it was dre and it was Mm -hmm. snoop and just kind of combine that together. And it was it was glorious. Like I was sitting there and I was like beaming, smiling, like listening to some of the when they I kept when I putting, saw 50 cent. I was like, oh my god, it's 50. I kept putting the volume up. Like yeah, I, I just kept too. going up. And I was just like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. When Dre, when Dre hit I Ain't Mad at You on the piano for Tupac, I was just like, Oh god. Like I yeah. was uh, I was like, ah. I did love the whole like everybody's like, there's gonna be a hologram of Tupac, which would have been phenomenal but at the same time maybe a little cheesy um so i think that little bit of there was there was and there were multiple i guess hat tips to tupac if you Mm -hmm. you know were in throughout so i mean it was just i thought it was done perfectly those houses were cool as hell um they moved how drake came up in the beginning on the board i mean i didn't think there was anything else they could have done better yeah didn't you feel like and didn't you feel like there was less emphasis on effects, special effects, yes. and just stage presence? And it was more just an emphasis on the music itself. Yep. And it was like the floor. Okay, the floor is the map of Los Angeles. And there's these houses. And it's going to display LA and everything like that. But it was more just like, all right, here is the music. And I did the same thing as you. I was turning it up. Like as yep. soon as I saw 50 Upside Down, I was like, that's the Indie Club music video. Yep. Like, I have watched this 65 million times in my life. And I knew it right away. I was like, I turned this up. And it's ironic. It was like one of the first times where I've now crossed that that path and I've crossed over that wall where I'm now the generation of, you know, that halftime show could have kept going instead of the game. Yes, and I yes. think I would have been all right. <laughs> yep. And I saw somebody had posted like our generation was like, finally, it wasn't like old people music, like Aerosmith and like targeted for, for older people. You know, finally it was like good music, and then like pause, and they're like, "Fuck, yeah, like, yep. we are the old people now." <laughs> I saw that too. They're like, "Oh, I love that they're they're targeting us for this nostalgia and everything like that." And then it all collectively hit us at yeah, once. We're like, uh, <laughs> this world now, yeah, because you know all the young kids are like, who's this old dude that's dressed like an Oriental rug, smoking <laughs> weed? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, this just looks like an older future. Who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was phenomenal. It was great. Eminem killed it. But yeah, it was. I, I My wife did turn to me. She's like, I don't want it to be over. I'm like, yeah, I kind of don't want it either. And every McPherson out there just bobbing. He did not even go to the he didn't go to the locker room. That was awesome. That was terrific. Vince's guy just out on the field 
taking it in, which is so cool. It would have been great if the, the Bengals were able to drive down the field and he nails a field goal. And it's just like, yeah, I didn't really practice. I was watching the halftime show. But I did the same thing as you guys. So towards the at, when I figured out it was nearing because they were all on stage together at that point, I was like, I really don't need the third quarter at no. this point. Like, I'm okay with just the halftime show. Can and you- the, the commercials were good as well. So I was like, I'm definitely – I have changed my heart and my ways. I was going to ask you, do you have a favorite commercial? The Sopranos one was my favorite. Just that intro to me is the most oh. iconic intro. That and BoJack Horseman will always have the two most like o- iconic intro songs. It'll be If you watch one episode, it'll be stuck in my head for 72 yep. hours. And again, targeted nostalgia with that one too. So that oh, was my favorite. Big time when I saw him and I was like, oh, it's Meadow. Like yeah. I literally audibly said that. I was like, Yeah, oh. and I'm like, that that's the brother. That's the brother at the end. <laughs> that and the uh just the NFL one with like the little CGI players coming out of the screen. Yeah, that was cool too. I loved yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I loved every when when Dion's like, We go and kill Granny. <laughs> loved it. Yeah, um, it was great. Yeah, so I mean that was I think uh, Cooper Cup winning the MVP was was correct. I don't think Aaron Donald's retiring. Um, he looked like an absolute house at that Super Bowl parade, but I don't think anybody saw them because no one was there. That is the – so a lot of people are talking about that. Like L.A. just isn't an NFL town. I – we talked about it on this the last show. It was important for the NFL for an LA team to win the Super Bowl in the NFL because you see what the draw is for LA. The amount of celebrities that were there, the amount of Super Bowl parties, the the just the eighth wonder of the world that is that new five billion dollar stadium. And we, I just touched on it with the Rock. It's supposed to be a spectacle, yep, not a sport. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am with the Rams and like. Is it great for sports fandom for like guys like us who care about that stuff? No, but from a spectacle standpoint, I see why the league wants that. Why they have two teams there, I have no clue. It's terrible. It, it just the charge like there's there's really San Diego loved the Chargers. Yeah, there's minimal draw for the Rams as it is. I understand you need to have a team in the second largest media market in the country, but having two teams, it just it doesn't work. No, especially being in the same stadium. Like, yeah, no. it's, it's, I think it's going to be a rough, a really rough go for the for the Chargers. So I, I don't know, but like I, I do understand the the parade looks bad. The, the the fandom itself there's no after party anything like that but it's it's celebrity it's the stadium it's the spectacle of it yep. all that's what they're going for with la and you know i i was saying i was like oh shit i'm like when that game was over i'm like it's only eight o'clock there like they have yeah. all night mm-hmm. it's where you know last year in tampa the game's over 11 30 guys aren't off the field celebrating till 1 a.m yeah, honestly, the after parties. The Super Bowl, I mean, you do 62 million interviews after the game by the time you get out of the stadium. But that with there, like you said, then it was just like, all right, what celebrity party are we going yeah. to? I don't know if you saw the video, but uh so Drake had a Super Bowl party one night and there were obviously a bunch of celebrities there to watch and Russell Wilson and Sierra were there. And Drake brought out Future to perform with him. And then there's a video of them. They're like, all right, well, look at the time. Let's we got to go. It's time for us to go. And they walked out. 
Oh, that's priceless. That is absolutely <laughs> priceless. Did you did, did you see Sean McVay speaking of press conferences at his press conference the morning after? Oh, that was that was such a great like anyone who's ever been hung over yeah. <laughs> to do a work event. Oh. That was so perfect. He was like, Yeah, three questions my, my ass. ass. <laughs> and his voice was so hoarse. Yeah, I was about to say that was the best part. He said in the most like horse, I've been partying nonstop and now I have to be a productive human voice I've ever heard. Oh God, I loved it. I loved it. All right. I think that puts a little bow, right? On the Super Bowl. Congratulations to the Rams. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Uh book it. Cowboys will be playing at the Rams to open up the season. Of course they play at the Rams next year, so they why not play the Super Bowl champions to open the season two years in a row? Mine as well. That'll draw great ratings. I'm sure the NFL would love it. And to put one last bow and tie us and bridge the gap from last season to draft season this year, in the end, everybody was right with the Bengals meme, whether it was draft offensive lineman or draft Jamar Chase. Yep. In the end, Jamar Chase was awesome. It got them to a Super Bowl. It almost got Joe Burrow killed, and it's the reason that they lost the Super Bowl. So in the end, everybody was right. And it rarely happens, but that kind of ties all the way back to draft season when it started all the way to the Super Bowl, and that's how we ended it. And I could not believe how close that ball really did get to Simaji Piran on that last play. I thought he caught it. I was like, what? But I also thought that Burrow really hurt his knee. So I know he sprained his MCL. I know for a fact as someone who did that, it's not fun, but also the ligaments aren't torn. So Yep. And I do feel bad for Odell as well. You know, he really... Kind of, I guess, I don't know, remade his his image or he'd been balling out. Uh, it mm-hmm. is funny, though. Um, I saw, I think it was uh, Rappaport or somebody was like, Odell Beckham was playing his best football of his career the last five weeks before. And everyone's like, so did like the first three seasons of his career just not happen anymore? Or like, <laughs> so much happens in the sports world now. We can't remember. We're not, we can't be expected to remember beyond two years. He was the most dominant receiver in the entire league, just doing outrageous things. And they're like, nope, the last five games. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you remember the Josh Norman game season, but he was putting up like 100 yards and a touchdown weekly like and it was unreal it was just and it was easy and he was making circus catches that we hadn't seen before these mm-hmm. one-handed remember his whole warm-ups that was like when oh, those yeah. that kind of like really started becoming a thing like the mm-hmm. one-handed catches in the back of the end zone him and julio mm-hmm. yeah i do yep. remember that that was crazy yep. um all right so we just went off on a tangent completely we just started the show off do we have any technical notes now that we're like you know 10 minutes in yeah, the <laughs> buried the lead. I think we did this last week too. We just we get do excited. have a good interview coming up. It's even closer than normal when we yep. do technical notes because we just flew through this. So we have Jay Tuck on. I know most Cowboys fans who are listening know who he is because he's an internet personality, yep. YouTube, a huge YouTube influence, and just like a huge Cowboys fan influence as whole on social media and on YouTube. So we have a great conversation with him talking about the Cowboys, talking about the future talking about free agency, and we even get into a little bit of draft talk as well. So he'll be coming up later in the show. We're going to, you know, set some goals for the offseason on what our teams want to do. And then at the end, we're going back to where we started. Carson Wentz is our TikTok tonight. And then at the very end, we have a nice little special surprise involving our producer vince at the very end of the show that you'll want to stick around for so we kind of buried some of that stuff but we were excited to get going all right so let's let's roll into uh 
to our teams and the segment that you kind of put together here, Aiden. Yeah. So basically like exit interviews, the season is over. And once the season ends, you kind of look to, all right, what are we going to do next? How do we improve and where do we go from here? So I, I asked Kevin, I was like, put together three things you want the team to focus on going forward for the Cowboys. And I have three things written down for the Eagles. So I don't know how you, I know I came up with the idea, but I don't know if you how you want to play it. If I give one, you give one, yeah. or if you want me to give all three, you want to bounce back and forth. Yeah, we can bounce back and forth. All right, and I think Vince came up with three as well, so we'll we'll let him chime in at the end and just bounce his three off. Can't wait to hear oh, what yeah. he came up with. But yeah, so just you know, evaluate where you are and evaluate how you get to where the Rams and the Bengals were. Where do you go from here? So you ready to get Fuck started? Picks. What's that? What was that fuck them picks? Did you see yes. that? That's what, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm go all in, but yeah, <laughs> may continue. <laughs> all right, so I'll start it off at three. I think you need to improve at the defensive end position. So it was it was great to see Josh Sweat develop in the way that he did this season for the Eagles, where you always thought you had it in him, but he had that knee thing, so you didn't know if he could be a full time player, and he really put together a literal like pro bowl season. It was yep. fantastic. I was, I was very happy for him and how he played. Brandon Graham will be back. Albeit he is getting older, but you are losing Derek Barnett. So maybe someone say addition by subtraction, but that means that there is an opening there. You want to maintain that defensive tackle, or I'm sorry, that defensive line depth. You've got Hargrave. You're going to have Cox, Brandon Graham coming back and Josh sweat, but there's that going to be that hole left behind by Derek Barnett. So I think, what everyone's been saying is edge rusher, defensive end. There's a lot of talent in the draft, so it's easy to put that on the list for the Eagles. So you think no chance they re-sign Barnett? You think he gets paid? I don't. I I think they're done. I just think they're done. I don't think they want to commit to him anymore. Um, I don't know what his value is on the open market for obvious reasons. He is talented. There are times he disappears. There are times where he has really stupid penalties that affects your team. So, uh, but again, he, he has been a sturdy, talented defensive end for five years now. So I really don't know what his value is where you're taking the pluses and the minuses. Yep. I agree. Um, so first one for me is fixing this offensive line. Um, I've said it on the show multiple times. I think I say it even on our interview. It's not 2016 anymore. This, this Dallas Cowboys defensive line is an issue. It's been an issue and it's going to continue to be an issue unless you address it, whether that be through the draft free agency, or also kind of finagling things around, right? Maybe moving Lyle Collins to guard, putting Steele out uh, at tackle where right tackle where he played well, preparing for the potential loss of Tyron Smith, whether it be for a couple games next season, because you know he's not playing all 16, or his retirement walk away from the game, is I think closer than than – it's it's like that thing that objects are closer than they appear in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I think that's Tyron Smith's retirement. Um, I know he's still young, but the injuries are, just keep piling up. He keeps missing games. So addressing the offensive line, I would love if they could go get a guy like Linderbaum to place him there at center if he's still there at 24. Uh, I don't think they're going to do that, but address the offensive line, even if it's with multiple picks in this draft. I think the offensive line class is very deep. We'll jump into that. Uh, but yeah, fixing this offensive line has to be number one. 
Oh, I, <laughs> I know you've been really honing in on that for quite some time mm-hmm. now and saying it hasn't been like 2016 for quite some time. So hopefully they do that for you. I heard it here first, by the way. You heard it there first. <laughs> so at two, I have paying attention to linebacker, mm-hmm. comma, finally. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of seen that you can't take the linebackers in a traditional sense. And Micah Parsons, who we talk about all the time, who we talk about in an interview, is the perfect example. You can't put them in a box as just a linebacker. The goal for every defense should be getting faster and faster and faster as the game of football develops and there's more speed on the field and just getting as many athletic fast guys on the field. Linebacker is that key position where they're going to be covering tight ends. They need to go sideline to sideline. You need to be able to rush the pass. You need to do all these different things. So you can't think of linebacker as a, in a traditional sense. And right now, the Eagles just don't have the speed at that position. Um, they, they really just don't have enough professional football playing linebackers on the roster in whole, let alone just like premier athletes. So just look no further than the game that knocked us out against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the emphasis that Devin White and guys like had, that had on the game. So... It's time to pay attention to this position and kind of drop the traditional sense of the linebacker label. Don't you dare put Nicobe Dean's name in your mouth. It's he's been my guy. Like you know, I will do. I have a good rant saved up for next week about how I feel about Nicobe Dean, Georgia, all of them. Yep, he's a. Yes. That's all yeah. I can say. Um, all right. So two for me. It's fixing Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott. Um, the offense in the beginning of the season was the most explosive offense in the league. Uh, I know they finished number two overall, but I don't want to hear it. Second half of the season, they were abysmal. Um, Kellen Moore lost his mojo, lost his juice. Doesn't have a, he's a good play caller. He's a good creator of plays. He's not a good, great offensive coordinator yet. He doesn't have a scheme. Mike McCarthy needs to help him with that. Mike McCarthy was a play caller in Green Bay. They need to fix Kellen Moore, and they need to fix Dak Prescott and put it together. This That duo could not figure out the two-high-safety shell look. They just couldn't do it. You saw Matthew Stafford do it in the Super Bowl, and you saw what they did. They just kept force-feeding their guy, Cooper Cup, and he was making plays. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the Cowboys have a receiver on their team like Cooper Cup. I mean, they do. You know, CeeDee Lamb, Mark Cooper, pretty damn good. Um, maybe get the ball to those guys. So figuring out a way to f- beat defenses and how teams adjust to you, they need to adjust. The Cowboys were unwilling or unable to adjust the offense when defense is adjusted to them. That needs to be fixed going into 2022. The last one for me, pairing a dynamic playmaking wide receiver with Devontae Smith on the opposite side of the field. We don't need to do the regular thing again. It is pretty obvious at this point. I think Quez Watkins can develop into a solid wide receiver three, but no matter what quarterback is starting, whether you draft one, go with Hertz, or figure out a trade for one of these big-name guys, I think the success of the team is going to be determined on how successful you can make the quarterback, and I just don't think there are enough weapons on the team right now where any quarterback could truly be successful. I think it would take a lot of pressure off Devontae Smith to have a guy opposite of him. It would take a lot of pressure off Dallas Goddard and even the run game in total. You just need that guy, like Kevin, you just brought up Cooper Cup, what he was able to do and just always get open. We saw Debo Samuel, who we talked about a lot this year, and just the impact that he had on the 49ers offense with, you know, 
like an average quarterback in Jimmy G. Jalen Hurts, we're not talking an elite quarterback, but just having a weapon like that. So go get the guy. T-H-E capitalized. The guy. Yes, sir. Uh, one, the next one, last one for me is continuing to build this defense around Micah Parsons, whether that means getting other pieces through the draft, through free agency, developing him more as a all-around just weapon, as I think we've always called him. He's not mm-hmm. just a linebacker. He can rush a, rush a passer. Develop this whole defense around him. And I think keeping Dan Quinn is going to help that. Um, Micah loves Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn loves Micah. He utilized him very well. But they need to bring some guys back, like a Jaron Curse, like Malik Hooker. Figure out the other linebacker positions. Hopefully they're going to get a healthy Jabril Cox back to play with uh, with Micah. But just building around Micah. We don't know if, Cox. if there it is. We don't know if Demarcus Lawrence is going to be back. We don't know if Randy Gregory is going to be back. We don't know anything about that. But build around Micah. Figure out ways to continue to build on this scheme that Dan Quinn put into place and just make this defense even better because we don't know what the offense is going to do. Um, The defense, I don't think, is going to be as good as they were last year because that's just how defenses work we saw with washington last year they were lights out this year eh, they're not going to get the turnovers Diggs is not going to have 11 interceptions again this year so they need to figure out different ways to be successful as a defense all right those are our reasons we would like to be put in charge now by our respective teams and we will fix this for you we will have this done by may if you give us the opportunity vince would you like to give what's that and the money and the money the money Yes. All right. I know Vince. I think Vince, you put together a list too. So come on in. We'll we'll let you, uh, we'll let you give your three reasons before we get to the interview. Let Billy Eilish do every halftime show in Philadelphia. Hey man. Uh, so the third one I have, uh, Jalen Hurd should be better at football. Um, feels like a gimme, you know, you want, you want the quarterback of your team to see open receivers downfield, and be able to win your football games. Um, number two, have to, have to, have to have Kelly Green uniforms. Cannot win a Super Bowl without the Kelly Green uniforms. It's a must-have. It's allowed next season. If you don't do it, what are we even doing here? Um, number one, we just need more cool guys. There needs to be more cool guys on this team. Thank you. We got Jalen Hurts. Cowboys got Michael Parsons. Uh Tuck brings up in the interview how important just having a cool guy on your team is. We just need as many cool dudes in the locker room as possible. Then we got one in Jalen Hurts. I haven't really seen another standout cool guy in our locker room. I mean, Jason Kelsey, yeah, but that's that's yeah. not the cool I'm looking for. Yeah. I We need someone cool. 1,000% agree. So to break it down, good quarterback, a different color green, and cool. <laughs> That works. Thank you, Vince. Welcome. We're going to have to put together one of those little quote graphics, and yep. it's like Vince's keys to success. Yeah. Kelly Green uniform. Jalen Hurts throwing a football. Cool. <laughs> Evan McPherson. Evan McPherson. 
Uh, all right. So now that's all of our reasons here. So hopefully uh, I know we'll be talking draft. We'll be talking free agency and we'll see how our teams attack those kind of weaknesses yep. that we think that they have and kind of improve the roster for next season. But now let's get into it. This is a very fun, laid back interview, kind of almost a round table yep. with our friend Jay Tuck. I know we follow him on social media. A lot of Cowboys fans do, and you probably recognize him from his YouTube channel as well. So let's get into it. We talk draft. We talk free agency. We talk the state of the Cowboys in general. We even trash talk the Washington football team commanders a little bit too and their fans and how they've been a little uh, feisty lately. Mm-hmm. We get into all of it. So here it is, our interview with Jay Tuck. So where so where is the thing about having the Eagles flag and the Cowboys flag? All right, so we'll all right. So another awesome guest here. We got Jay Tuck. One of I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan, you have to follow him on Twitter. You have to follow the only Cowboys for only Cowboys fans. It's it's money. I mean, the setup. Even our producer before I was talking to him, he goes, "Yo, his his YouTube setup is pretty fire." So coming from Vince, that, that means you have a, a legit setup. So thanks for hopping Thank on, you. man. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate all support, Cowboys Nation. What's going on? All right. So my setup, I'll give you my setup before we get into this. So right. I diehard Cowboys fan, been my whole life. If you can see, I have that's how old it's I got yeah. the old school Super Bowl hat on. Um, but I live in Pennsylvania, grew up in Jersey, and I live north of Philadelphia, and I am married to an Eagles fan, and she would not let me put up my banner until her banner went up. That's right. That's right. Because I remember the whole, the name of the, or the baby, like, yep. the is going to be. Okay. Did, did you ever weeks, decide? Four did weeks it? away. We're okay. Four, we, we, don't know. we don't know uh, what it is yet. We don't know if it's a girl or a boy. Okay. Don't know if we're going to let it decide itself one day. I don't know. But let it decide to be a Chiefs fan. It's a lot easier, probably. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, why would you want to burst somebody into the mess of the, the Philadelphia Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys right now, man? So, you know, I'm I'm actually in Kansas City. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of even harder because, you know, my kids go to school and, like, all their friends are Chiefs fans. And I'm just like, your life would probably be so much easier if your dad just let you be a Chiefs fan. But, you know, we're Cowboys fans here, so – so did, um, did you grow up in KC? Is that how you how'd you so, become? So actually, I grew up in a town in Oklahoma. So, you know, back then, you know, that was like the pipeline for the Dallas Cowboys because they have a huge footprint. And I also lived mm-hmm. briefly in Austin. So back then, the Dallas Cowboys used to have their training camp at the University of Texas. And so I was a young kid, man, and I have pictures of me like with the child, a child with uh, Troy Aikman. And, you know, so I was starstruck from the start. Like I had no other options. I was raised a Cowboys fan. And I've kind of been birthed into it, man. So there's no way out. Like I said, I've been in it for way too long. I can't get out. So it's just, you know, it's been frustrating the past few years. But, you know, I don't know anything else, man. Yeah, we're still here. We're Listen, still here. first Cowboys fan that I have met that has lived in Texas, has gone to the training camps because they're in Texas, everything like that. I know all of these Pennsylvania Cowboys fans like Kevin. <laughs> I've been to plenty of games. Okay, here, right. there, and everywhere. Okay, just because I don't yeah. live in Texas, one day maybe I met Emmett Smith when I was five years old. He was mm-hmm. super nice to me, and that was it. Yeah, and you gotta understand, like back then, man, the star was just—it was so attractive, man. Like you had Emmett Smith, you had Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, but for me, it was just like Deion Sanders and Prime Time. Like that's when it was just like, oh my yeah. god, and it was just magnified, man. So. Yeah, it's Cowboys. We're America's team, so it's okay if you live in Pennsylvania. You're a Cowboys fan. I know Cowboys fans in the UK and London and yep. Mexico and 
all over, man. I always tell the story. I went to Thailand a few years ago and I had my Cowboys jersey and my Dez Bryant jersey on actually. And there was people over in Thailand throwing up the axe. And so I was like, it lets you know the reach of the Dallas Cowboys, man. We're not just America's team. We're global. Now I can't Amen. say the same thing about the Eagles. So, yeah. You guys were, I think, past tense, were America's team. That's why I don't get it for, like, my generation. Because back then, like, it was, it was so cool. They won all the time. They had all these Hall of Fame players. And, like, I guess that's where the hatred comes in from, from like, Philly. And, like, our generation is just, like, we never saw it. Like I, I've just never seen it. I've just heard these young bucks, America's yeah. team, and like I've just lived my whole life hearing that. And I'm like, all right, well, where's the proof to back it up? So like that's that's like the root of the of the issue that came in and kind of where we butt heads and have that rivalry. But it's good because then it like gives you a reason for to like hate your rival, mm-hmm. right? But see, a lot of people don't understand. Like we got the tag of America's team before Jerry Jones. Like oh, this yeah. was Tom Landry, mm-hmm. so it was like. Back in the 70s and 80s, it was quoted as we were the America's team because we couldn't get over the hump to get to the Super Bowl to finally win it. And so once we finally won it, everyone was pulling for us to finally get over that hump. So, you know, I say Tom Landry came up with the name of, uh, you know, America's team. Then Jerry Jones took it and marketed it and built it up to a whole different level in the 90s. But even today, it's like. You know, I watch first take and, uh, you know, uh, Skip and Shannon or whatever it's called, Undisputed, on Monday after the Super Bowl. And the first thing they're talking about, can the yep. Cowboys knock off the Rams next year? It's the Cowboys, So it's like, you know, people want to, like, fault Cowboys fans for being America's team. But the media, they pump us up just as much as we do. Like, sometimes I don't even want to talk about the Cowboys. But there's always something, like today, where, you know, they're putting us to the forefront. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be prime time. We're going to have these mega games. And it just is what it is. Either you're going to love us or you're going to hate us, but you'll mm-hmm. be watching. Uh, let me ask you about that because I know how Kevin feels about how you, you wake up and even when the Cowboys aren't playing, they're the headline on get up on ESPN or first yeah. take or whatever it may be. Do you like that they are kind of always in the headlines? Your team's always being talked about. There's always content to consume. Or are you kind of like, all right, like why are we being brought up? Like we're, We didn't play. Like Why are we the target right now? Do you like it or do you hate it? From a content creator standpoint, I love it. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's never a dull moment, right? So I could drop a video pretty much daily on it. Um, but from a fan perspective, I absolutely hate it because a lot of these things it really doesn't have anything to do with this. You yep. know, it's just like it's just it's so fast food uh, content. It's like today it was like Dak Prescott isn't a top ten quarterback and he's overrated. And it's just like why are you talking about Dak on a Wednesday? after the Rams just had their parade, like, what do we have to do with anything, right? And the hardest part about it is a lot of Cowboys fans, they watch those shows, and so I get it on Twitter and Facebook and, and you know, like, Tuck, what is your thoughts that so-and-so said, Dak Prescott? It's like, where are you getting this? Yeah. And so, you know, it makes our job kind of harder for content yep. creators. It's like, you know, I always tell, like, my slogan is, you know, mute the mainstream, but it's for that reason. But Ooh. sometimes I have to watch because I have to know – where are you all getting these questions yep. and ideas from? You know, like there's this whole thing about Kyler Murray requesting CeeDee Lamb for a trade, and like people are inboxing me. Are, are we going to trade CeeDee Lamb to? I'm like, what the heck? Like, just no. Like, just uh, yeah, relax, let's... man. So, you know, it's a gift and a curse. But me personally, as a fan, I hate all the media hype and, you know, all the circus when it comes to Dallas Cowboys. I saw today as I was leaving the gym, I think it was, uh, I think it was Stephen A. And the quote on the bottom was, "Who's more annoying, Cowboys fans or Eagles or Yankees fans?" And I'm like, "What are we even? We're right. three days out from the Super Bowl. Right. Baseball's not even happening. What yeah. are we doing?" 
Yeah. That's why we're kind of in the doldrums where we don't have football. They're just grasping at straws for right. something to talk about. Every, every little thing, you know, we're about to get into the season where every NFL free agent puts on a Cowboys hat on Instagram mm-hmm. and is so and so wanting to come to the Cowboys. And so all Julio Jones a couple fans. years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Julio, Julio Jones last year, you know, he had a Cowboys hoodie on. It's like Cowboys Nation, uh, watch the hips, not the ball, because there's a lot of clickbait. And, you know, it gets Cowboys fans emotional because we are, of course, we're emotional because we're waiting 25 plus years to get back to where we became fans and playing at that big stage of the Super Bowl. So fans are easy to pull their strings right now. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, one little detail here and Amari Cooper is going to leave and, you know, and then Cowboys fans just blow up. So, you know, it's just part of it. All right, Aiden, I think you want to give him your F. Mary kill to start this off? I was about to say, so I posed this to Kevin. He hasn't answered yet, so I'll play moderator and let both of you guys go. All right. So what I proposed to him today, you've I'm assuming you've played this game before. F. Mary kill? Right. Yeah. All right. So I've got the three names for you. F. Mary kill. You've got Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence, and Michael Gallup. I'll let you go first as the guest. We'll get K-Mess as well, but I'll let both of you guys go. So F is Amari Cooper mm-hmm, by okay. far. He'd be the primary. Uh, Mary would be Demarcus Lawrence because I feel like he's an anchor for our defense. Yep. And then, unfortunately, I love him. Um, you know, I got a few friends that are good friends with him as well, but Michael Gallup because I feel like he is the one that we could possibly kill and things wouldn't really miss a beat yep. in Dallas offensively. So that would be my three. That now, we're talking be. about, you know, when we talk about F, normally it's like, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. like, you, know just, you want to have a little fun with it. So, so, here's, so here's a new headline. Like, oh, Zoe Tuck said he would F yeah. Mari Cooper. It's like, right. Easy. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know? It was like, all right, man. But I'm just saying in the scope of things, Amari Cooper would be my primary guy that the Cowboys would need to keep. <laughs> a little bit different from the high school lunch table when we used mm-hmm. to play. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to like give me some Kim Kardashian or, you know, what, what Billy, Billy, Billy Island. Billy I be really Eilish, you know. <laughs> oh God, yeah. No, I, I think I'm I'm pretty much the same way, and I love Michael Gallup just as much too. I hope they can find a way to to keep him. Hopefully, he's ready. What Novemberish, maybe a little bit earlier, depending on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean Amari Cooper. So let's let's go to that. Obviously, too. So it's been swirling for about two weeks now. I think Bobby Belt was all over it on 105.3 yeah. when he brought out the. Cowboys are really leaning towards getting rid of both of these guys. Obviously, mm-hmm. Amari, you save 16 million tank. I believe it's like around 8 million. So there's a lot of switches mm-hmm. in the salary cap where they can flip the switch on Dak, maybe on Collins. What do you, what do you want them to do? What do you think they're going to do with those two guys? Yeah, I mean, the, the question comes with Amari Cooper. Like, just to answer your first question, I want them to keep Amari Cooper. I think he's extremely important if the Cowboys are going to make the push for our offense. As much as I love CeeDee Lamb, I feel like if you put him as the primary wide receiver with Cedric Wilson, let's say Semi Fioco, yep. I'm not feeling too great going into the season. So I think Amari Cooper gives us a huge advantage. But the conversation comes down to they knew what they were doing when they were building out this out in this contract. And so they built it out strategically that way. And we see saw in the playoffs, if Amari Cooper's only going to get four tar- targets a game, you're not going to utilize them. Then you might want to move on. But it's like, if we move on from Amari Cooper and let's say we draft, you know, a young wide receiver, 
are we going to be able to use him in the same manner? Because Amari Cooper is the Dak friendly court or wide receiver that you yep. need. You know, we spent a number one draft pick on him, so he should be treated like a number one draft pick. I mean, you wouldn't get rid of a number one draft pick after two seasons. So, you know, I just don't see from a football perspective how do you move on from Amari Cooper. Um, it just unless you draft Jalen Rager in the first, yeah, 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 Jalen Rager, right? You know, some something like that. Um, but yeah, but but even if you were to get like a Williamson out of you know Alabama to slide to you, like it's still like I don't know because I think if they cut him before June, they say 16 mil post June mm-hmm. is 20. Yep. And so maybe depending on how this draft goes, that will kind of shift to see how they're going to think about things. But I think Amari Cooper is the straw that stirs this offense, to be honest with you. And I need him out on the field. I feel like if you get rid of Amari Cooper, you go back to right where we, before we brought Amari Cooper in was kind of his wide receiver by committee, and you have Malik Turner and Simeon Fioko and TJ Vasher, but no one that's yeah. really a threat out there besides CeeDee Lamb. And is CeeDee Lamb really able to take those double teams from the defense and still cap, capitalize off of it? It still remains to be unseen. So I'm keeping Amari Cooper. We already paid for it. We just need to get him involved a lot more. Mm-hmm. If only they didn't have uh, a thirty million dollar cap hit on a running back, but you know, that's right, a, that's yeah, story for another, yeah, and, you know, and I think that's the biggest problem with the Cowboys, right? Is like I said, they paid their utilities and their phone bill before they paid their mortgage. It's like they should have took care of Dak Prescott first yep. out the gate before anyone else, before Jalen Smith, before Lyle Collins, before Ezekiel Elliott. You take care of your quarterback, and then it would allow us to have a lot more freedom and flexibility. You know, especially with the the running back position. So you know, but you know, it's, yeah, this team's a lot of head scratching comes on when you think about this management. That is uh, a great analogy, and if you ever hear it again, I may borrow it. Go ahead, yeah, man, we get it, but that yeah, was we, 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 yeah, we paid the cable bill, but we ain't paid the mortgage. At all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, like, they're playing for know. Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah, we got got the Netflix, right? You know, the, so <laughs> what about what about right. D Law? Uh, D law is interesting. Now I feel like if it comes between Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence, I would be okay moving on from Demarcus Lawrence, though. I do feel like he's the veteran anchor of our defense. You now have that beast in Micah Parsons. So Micah Parsons is now the leader of the defense. There's no if, ands, buts about it. Now, when it comes to Marcus Lawrence, it's like, if you're going to move on to Marcus Lawrence, I feel like you have to keep Randy Gregory. And so you know, I know Randy Gregory, Cowboys have been extremely loyal to him. Is he going to be loyal to us in this free agency? Well, it remains to be unseen, right? So, you know, I feel like if Randy Gregory gives us a fair deal and we re-sign Randy Gregory, then I'll be okay with moving on from Demarcus Lawrence because you can now get pressure with Micah Parsons, moving him off the edge in different situations. You drafted Chauncey Golston. There's a lot of good defensive ends here in the draft that you can possibly pick up not to like be an instant impact as Demarcus Lawrence, but you can get like defensive end by committee. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's easier to do versus wide receiver by committee. So I would be able to be okay if we moved on for Demarcus Lawrence, if we kept Randy Gregory, I'm not moving on from both. Do you guys, and you guys feel like with Randy Gregory, you kind of talked about it. If they lost to Mari Cooper, there's more pressure on CD lamb. Who knows mm-hmm. if he could handle more responsibility. Do you feel like without Demarcus Lawrence, could Randy Gregory handle that responsibility? I, I feel like not in the traditional fashion as Demarcus Lawrence is because Demarcus Lawrence, he gets his bread and butter, not in the sack game, but more mm-hmm. against the run. Right. Mm-hmm. So he can slide in play inside outside. So he can do a little bit more than Randy Gregory, but I feel like Randy Gregory would be a guy that will be able to step up because of Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is going to be the guy a lot of offenses circle 
out the gate, right? So any yeah. pressure wherever he moves, that's where the protection is going to slide to, which if you're able to get Randy Gregory in one-on-one situations, they can still take advantage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that he will be okay. Now the question is comes to the run game, right? If he has to take on more double teams and different things like that, is that really Randy Gregory's strong point? I don't think so. But I feel like Randy Gregory could be an eight to nine sack guy, you know, season in, season out, especially if he's not having those off the field situations anymore and he's more consistent being on the field. Yeah, I'm extremely confident in Randy Gregory being on there. Speaking of uh, uh Micah, our our wonderful Aiden grew up in the same hometown, has been watching him play ball since he was yeah. in middle school in Harrisburg. What'd you say? He was playing running back, dunking basketballs, doing yeah. it all, right? Just Literally, the, the clips of him <laughs> playing offense in high school were more impressive. Not that they were unimpressive on defense, but it was just like he was their kick returner, running back, just everything. So it was mm-hmm. just like just an incredible athlete. There's highlights of him just dunking on the basketball team. Just insane. We always right. talk about it here. And like in a game full of the most premier athletes in the world, he's somehow still more athletic than all of them. It's crazy. Right. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I said that when I scouted Mike, because I know a lot of Cowboys fans were like, Al, when I dropped my draft video last year about Micah Parsons being the possible pick, Cow- like comments were like, are you crazy? And, and I was like, <laughs> but Micah Parsons, he just stood out. That guy was like, we've yeah. all played sports. They don't need to stretch. They can eat McDonald's and stuff before the game. Mm-hmm. You know, none of that. Yeah. Just put them out on the field. They can just make things happen. And that's Micah Parsons, man. He can rush. He can cover. He can run. And the Cowboys have never had that type of weapon on the defensive side of the ball, right? You think about all our our talented weapons have been on the offensive side of the ball, but Micah is that huge boost where, like, you see him covering down the field, linebacker. Like, I feel like if we put Micah Parsons at safety, he'd probably be one of the top safeties in the NFL. So it's just Mm -hmm. like, you know, he's just a competitor, man. Like, even going to the Pro Bowl, like, seeing him want to race Tyreek Hill and Nick Chubb, like, he just wants to win, and we need that because I felt like, this past season, it was contagious. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you just need that young player who doesn't know any better, and he just realizes he's the best player out on the field, and he can go out there and make things happen. So I love Micah Parsons and everything he did for this season. Yeah, I mean, and that I, that play he made against Kenny Galladay against the Giants right. where he ran out to cover that, oh, my God. It's just <laughs> – it's instincts. instincts that you can't coach plays like that. Yeah, and a lot of people compare him to Lawrence Taylor, but, you know, a great comparison I compare him to in Rest in Peace – is the other Taylor, Sean Taylor. Like, when you look at Sean Taylor, he was just a pure athlete. He could play linebacker, corner, safety. Like, he was just a freakish athlete, man. I see a lot of Sean Taylor and Micah Parsons, man. And Sean Taylor was one of my favorite players, even though he played for that that other team didn't that didn't wasn't there a washington twitter account that came at you for that recently they're like don't you put his name in your mouth and we're like yeah right yeah like, yeah they're like, like don't and actually i didn't do it first lavar errington who yeah. micah is like his mentor had said that first i'm like yeah that's a great comparison it's like you know but like who the hell are you to tell me why like you know we 40 burger you twice and like you don't even got a stadium that's falling apart you got your name is all horrible you got some ugly letter in jackets like worry about other things which try and check me on twitter bro like it's just Love you know, weren't even you, <laughs> you were saying something not like you're praising him you weren't even saying anything yeah bad about him. like like if you go through my twitter and everything like i like sean taylor's like one of my all-time favorite football players and he played for both of my rivals right because i'm a florida state fan oh. i hate miami and i hate washington but he played for both of those teams and i love sean taylor man like he was like 
my guy when he's on Madden. Like this is the first guy I pick mm-hmm. up and you know on mutt cards is Sean Taylor. Like I just love everything he represented and, and brought to the field. So it wasn't like I was dissing him. You know, it's like you know, like whatever. Like y'all let Jackson Mahomes dance on his star, you know, or his yep. uh, his number on his Memorial Day and do nothing about it. But y'all want to come at me on Twitter, chill. <laughs> I grew a, I grew a much Great. bigger hatred for Washington fans this season than I've than I have. They seem to be chirping a lot more. The whole bench that like they just. They were annoying as as all get out this year. Right. It, it was weird. That's like the, the crazy thing about it. I actually missed Eagles fans this year because <laughs> I was like, yeah. man, why? Why is it Washington fans? I'm like, at least I really talked to Eagles fans or something. You know, it was like Washington fans were just so loud. And, you know, with this we want Dallas stuff and, you know, we beat you last year and scary Terry Breit Diggs. I'm just like, what are we talking about? Like, I don't, I don't know. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, every everybody wants to you know wants the throne. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're right. I think Eagles fans had a subdued year, but I I agree. Like Washington fans is like, what, what what's going on? Right, like <laughs> don't throw stones when you live in a glass house. Like there's there's mm-hmm. a reason that it might be time for your for your owner to have to be forced right. into selling the team. You know how much the NFL get lets you get away with a lot. Right so to be at the point where he's going to be forced to sell the team, you have to really, really screw up. There's like poop that. water raining right. down. Yeah, yeah, poop water. Like Jalen Hurts almost got squished because fans are falling. Like what? What's going on? Like in the yard and chant, we want Dallas. I'm like, what is it really about? And so it's like, I don't know. You know, clown I feel like behavior. sometimes fans are. Yeah, it's it's really clown behavior. But it's like, hey, you you got Dallas. You got them twice actually. Mm-hmm. And you know. congratulations congratulations you know what i'm saying so it's like um all right so something on on the defense too so obviously there's a ton of free agents on this team we talked about randy gregory already already beyond randy gregory who is somebody this team absolutely has to keep on the defensive side of the ball that is a free agent yeah i mean actually even even over randy gregory i would say j ron curse you know as Cowboys fans, man, we've been foaming at the mouth to have a safety for so, so, so long. And I felt like J. Ron Curse was a godsend, like kind of just like a, a gift that fell to us. And, you know, he did a lot of things. And I feel like J. Ron Curse, he impacts the game at all three levels. He can blitz off the edge. You know, he can uh, he can play like linebacker. He can cover the tight ends. He can also play deep safety as well. And so you get that extreme value with J. Ron Curse. And also – he was the green dot guy. Like he was the guy that was signaling and really run the defense. And so, you know, I'm confident that the Cowboys will bring J Ron curse back because we have Dan Quinn now back in house. If Dan yep. Quinn would have left, I feel like J Ron would be like, Hey man, my value, my stock is high right now. I'm going to go get my money. But I feel like the Dallas Cowboys are going to make him a fair offer and that we have Dan Quinn in house. Cause Dan Quinn knows how to utilize him. I feel like he'll be, you know, back for next, the next season. Um, we mentioned Randy Gregory. Another guy that I, you know, I'm kind of high on as well as another safety is, is Malik Hooker. Mm-hmm. I like what I saw from Malik Hooker. You know, I know earlier in the season there was a conversation like, "What are we going to sign KZ or Hooker? KZ or Hooker?" I was just like, "Get Hooker, get Hooker, get Hooker." Yep. But knowing KZ was a Dan Quinn guy, but to get both of them, I feel like that was a huge upgrade the safety position um, immediately. And I like what uh, Malik Hooker was able to bring to the team. Um, you know, conversations about Dorrance Armstrong and Basham, eh, not so much, but another guy I would definitely bring back is Brent Urban, even though he had the injury, you know, I felt like when he was in the game before he went out, you know, our run defense, especially in the interior was a lot better and a lot stronger. 
Um, so Brent Urban, J. Ron Curse, and Malik Hooker would probably be my three core guys defensively. I like to see the Cowboys resign. Tuck and I might be on more of a wavelength than even me and you, Aiden. The way you were nodding your head, I was like, you're definitely agreeing with each part of this analysis. Yep. All I was thinking was jokes. You were like, get hooker, get, get hooker, get hooker. And I was like, that sounds like a drunken weekend in Atlantic City. That's all I think about. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Let's, let's switch to the Eagles a little bit from your perspective, mm-hmm. Aiden. How do you feel about Jalen Hurts as an opposing quarterback? You think they should keep him? Think they should start looking elsewhere? Yeah, I feel like I, well, two ways I'll say it. I personally like Jalen Hurts, right? I've been Jalen Hurts fan. I thought he was kind of going to maybe get picked up in Dallas, so I don't mind Jalen Hurts. But I would like for the Eagles to move on from Jalen Hurts because I feel like Jalen Hurts is finally going to get them over the hump. He reminds me, and I always say this, he's like a fake Gucci bag version of Dak Prescott. You know, he just, you know, like the knockoff brand. Like, it's not the real thing, but you really uh-huh. can't tell until you get up on close on it. Um, like the fake Yeezys or something like that. But mm-hmm. you know, um, J- uh, Jalen Hurts, man, he's incredible. I feel like he's a leader. Like, there's a lot of things he needs to work on as far as his game is concerned. But if he figures that out, and gets more accurate, he's going to be a weapon. And so I feel like the Eagles need to really give him time. But I know how Eagles fans are, and I already see the conversations that they're having, like we need to move on from him and bring in, you know, Sean Watson or, you know, uh, Russell Wilson or somewhere else. So I like the Cow- or the Eagles to move on from the Cowboys' perspective because I feel like he's going to be that leader that actually pushes this team to the next level and maybe blow it up and get some young quarterback in this year's draft and draft them early and put that pressure on Hurts and, you know, <laughs> go to what they what they know best. But, you know, I like Jalen Hurts. You know, I, I want him to leave Philly so I can actually start rooting for him again, but I just can't. This <laughs> time, you know? <laughs> well, I totally agree just from, like, a leadership standpoint, and there's a certain raw talent as a dual-threat quarterback that he has. He's obviously a developmental guy. That's mm-hmm. why he slipped into the second round. There were times Times this year where you're looking at the field or you see the all 22 and you're like, why isn't he seeing this? But you right. hope that comes with time. To me, one of the big issues with the Eagles is whoever the quarterback is surrounding them with enough talent to succeed. And I don't think you'll ever know like if Hertz can succeed or not when you really don't have many receiving options beyond Devontae Smith and then obviously mm-hmm. Goddard at, at tight end. But you right. don't really have like a solid wide receiver two. Uh, even like a wide receiver three to move in because you like put so much emphasis on, on Quez Watkins to really be wide receiver two, and he's really not. He's a young mm-hmm. guy too. So it's like it, we should allow time for Jalen Hurts to succeed because you haven't surrounded him with enough talent to see if he can't. So I'm right. very much willing to um, give him another year and hopefully like add a guy opposite Devontae Smith to to see if he works because. Right. He's like you said, he's like an easy guy to root for. He's always been that way since Alabama, Oklahoma. So right. honestly, like I'm I'm very patient enough to give him another. Yeah, I think that yeah, I think the name actually the name I saw today was Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. I, like, I saw that too. Yeah, would they trade for Jimmy G and bring him into Philly? I'm like, yeah, do that, please. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's a good pickup. <laughs> like you said, but the one thing I'll say that I like that Philly did is they realized what they had offensively and say, you know what? He's not the strongest throwing quarterback, so we're just going to run the damn run ball. The ball. Like, that's going to be our identity. We're going to run the ball. We're going to mm-hmm. utilize the RPOs, get him in motion, let him do what he does best. And that's what it takes to be a good team is to establish the identity and commit to it. Like, they're going to lose, win or draw, 
running the ball. You know, and I feel like that's where the Cowboys really lacked was we didn't know where our identity was. Like, we might run it here, but then we might go temp. Like we just we just didn't know where our offense was. But Philly, it, and it got them to the playoffs. Right? It's just run the ball and try to play solid defense, and you know, let the chips fall as they fall. Yeah, and I remember like having those conversations in the year where Kevin would be like. I, I just don't like Kellen Moore is a good play caller, but there's just a certain lack of rhythm to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then I remember at the beginning of the year, it was like this flip. Like I was like Nick Sirianni, like we ran the ball three times in right. one game. We have Miles Sanders. We have like a talented offensive line. What are we doing? It was great that, you know, a lot of people are so stubborn that they're not going to change their ways. They're going to say, this is how we're doing it. We're doing it my way. This mm-hmm. is how it's going to be done. This is the system. And he made mm-hmm. that like flip. And all of a sudden we had this rhythm on offense and we built that foundation around the run game. So there right. was a weird flip between the Cowboys and Eagles like halfway through the year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. So- all right, let's let's look toward the future before we get yadder. Because obviously, Aiden and I are big draft junkies, and we know okay. you're, you're a massive draft junkie. <laughs> yeah. So, twenty fourth overall pick. Who are some of the names that you're already scouting that you're looking at? I know Nicobe Dean, Linderbaum. Who who are some of the guys that you would love to be there at twenty four? Yeah, well, realistically. Yeah, real. Okay, I was say, I was say, oh, Derek Stingley. Uh, <laughs> I saw that on Twitter today. Someone yeah, like, you think he could be there at twenty four? I'm like, are we really having this conversation? Yeah. Well, I was like, you know, because he had the injury. You know, I'm trying to talk my way through. I was like, I can't even talk him down at twenty four. Like, I'm, I'm trying, man. Kyle Hamilton. Uh, there's, yeah. there's hope. I saw. I was reading an article where they thought that Kayvon Thibodeau was going to drop. So there's still hope. Just hope that he falls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the guy that I'm looking at. Um, you mentioned um Lyndon Baum Tyler out of Iowa Center. I don't think the Cowboys are going to go center. I just think the Cowboys are stuck with uh, Biotis and they like him and they want to develop him. But I would be perfectly fine, right, if we moved on from him and got a center because as bad as Connor Williams and McGovern played this year, I was like, why is no one looking at the center? Like, are y'all not just just Mm -hmm. move your eyes to the right a little bit because this guy's playing terrible. Um, But, you know, I feel like they gave him a pass. So, Kenyon Green would be a guy I'm looking at the 24 spot. You mentioned um, N'Kobe Dean, linebacker out of Georgia. I feel like he would be incredible. Devin Lloyd, um, linebacker out of Utah, would be great. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, Edge rushers. There's a few edge rushers, but I wouldn't take them as early unless someone massively dropped. Um, You know, some of the tackles. um, I'm trying to – no, I wouldn't take a tackle. So, yeah, the N'Kobe Dean – uh, Devin Lloyd, yep. uh, also Keon Green would be like my three core guys at that twenty-four spot that we we could possibly take. Um, I wouldn't take I wouldn't take a corner. I wouldn't take a defensive tackle. You know, um, there's Brisker the or the, the safety. I still wouldn't take a safety at that position. So I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that I feel like you're going to get in the later rounds to really fill that void. But I feel like the offensive line, especially that guard position have somebody that has position flex of Kenyon Green that can play across the board pretty much would be an extreme value after the Cowboys. He can play left tackle, right tackle, right guard, left guard. Like, just get that value guy and move on. And I think Kenyon Green would be my pick, my favorite pick right at that spot. I would love that too. Because it's always like, oh, the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. And Aiden, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I've said this a thousand times on the show. It we're not we don't live in 2016 anymore. This offensive line has not been good for multiple years now we need fresh blood we don't know how long tyron's going to be there connor right. williams is apparently going to get paid and good for him see ya and right. like you said yeah biotish badass whatever they want to call him 
Right. I, he always looks nervous, skittish. He's rocking back on his feet. It just, mm-hmm. you're right. He got a pass for this. Re- and I don't know why. And unfortunately, I don't think they take Linderbaum, even if he's there, because he's not the type of center the Cowboys usually take. He's a smaller right. guy, agile. He's like a Jason Kelsey. Right. The Cowboys like Andre Garrard, big physical center. Right. And he's just not that. Right. Yeah, I agree. Like, I love Linderbaum. Like, he would be like he would be a perfect fit. Like, if we took him, I would oh. be, okay, well, thank yes. God, you know. Turn the but, card in. Because my idea is what we could do in that situation, right, swap him out, put Linderbaum at center. Then he could possibly move Lyle Collins back to guard like he was when he first came to Dallas, have Terrence let right tackle. And now it looks a little bit better. He can draft the guy in the later round to kind of give you that swing tackle because we all know Tyron Smith isn't going to last – Mm-mm. the full season you know so it's like you know another guy that's like later rounds is uh tyler smith i mentioned today on twitter out of tulsa you know great left tackle that you can plug in maybe second third roundish kind of guy that can give you that position flex so you know there's a lot of guys out there that's the one thing i do trust the cowboys with is the draft like there's one thing i'm like all right yep. i believe in you guys it's the draft now outside of everything else i don't trust you a bit man but i'm kind of letting um Will McClay, Cook, you know, I'm not going to look mm-hmm. over his shoulder, but there's a lot of quality guys we can get with these picks that can add um, some value. But as I said today, I just don't think there's that guy that's going to, like, flip the switch for Cowboys fans to get everyone excited and back drinking Kool-Aid and, like, okay, now we're back. Like, yep. there, isn't that, there isn't that CD Lamb-type guy that we could get. There isn't, you know, even Mike apart. Like, there is, isn't, you know, if we get Kenyon Green, it's like, all right, that's a great pickup, but it's not like, see you in Arizona. <laughs> like you still got a lot of, you know, different things to, to fill that void. So, but those type of picks are right. always the best ones. It, it's like when they took Zach Martin, right. Was, instead of Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Like, oh, God. I, I, honestly, I was, I was frustrated at that at the time, you know, <laughs> you know, cause I, I was a Manziel guy. I wanted Manziel, you know, so it was like, you know, but it's like, all right, Zach Martin uh-huh. kind of worked out. So love them. Uh, love them. Yeah. All right, Aiden, you got anything else before we let this man out of here? Uh, no, I'm good. This was a lot of fun. Again, where we had the circumstance where we have a Cowboys fan on, and I'm ready to be like, all right. Every time. <laughs> and I'm like, actually, I really like this guy. <laughs> ah, there we go, man. Appreciate it. Like, like I said, honestly, the weirdest thing, like with my channel and everything, like Eagles fans are actually cool with me. Like I got a lot of Eagles fans that watch my channel. They donate and mm-hmm. subscribe. Like I don't really have no beef with the Eagles fans. It's more like Washington fans. And then it's always like some random team where like I got like Houston Texans fans like they're always in my chat like Cal I'm like where are y'all coming from yeah, yeah. It's like it's, not, it's always something weird I'm like like the whole week when we played the 49ers fans. yeah like something weird like that like the whole week we played the 49ers I know so many other content creators were getting hounded by 49ers fans I got zero of it right but then it's like Bengals fans are all on my channel like oh you said something about Joe I'm like what? Hell, like you know, like I'm not, am I not worthy of the big fish? I get the little Texas, <laughs> yeah, Texas yeah. oh, yeah. and Bengals. Well, yeah, yeah, Texas. Yeah, I know you came and talk. Well, talk a little bit on the Bengals, but it's just like, yeah. What'd you, like, would you, uh, what'd you think of the Super Bowl? It was, it was, it was okay. You know, and I feel like you know, uh, I got the, the was fortunate enough to cover the Super Bowl. Yep, so um, and so it's kind of cool opportunity. But you know, for me, seeing the Rams win the Super Bowl made it better because. I can rationalize this season. Like, all right, they went all in, they went heavy, 
and they won the Super Bowl. Versus if the Bengals would have did it, I'd have been like, their offensive line was trash. Mm -hmm. Their quarterback play wasn't the greatest. Their defense isn't the best. And they won the Super Bowl. Like, I'm out of answers, y'all. So it's like, you know, I can rationalize the Rams winning it versus, you know, if the Bengals would have pulled it off. It's just like, all right, we've got to sit back and wait. To get lucky, I guess, because especially with like, the Woozie having a pick in the Super Bowl, if they yeah, would have won that, man. So the, the whole conversation about a Woozie because of the interview I posted and everything, like Cowboys fans were so like you know up in arms, we can't say anything bad about the Cowboys. And there was a prop bet that if Cheeto got a, a interception, it was like eight hundred and fifty, like plus eight fifty. Mm-hmm. And I almost, like I almost did it. I was like, nah, don't do it, man. I was like, damn, I should have took that nah, bet, man, huh? because it was right there staring me in the face because. Cheeto's name was just mentioned too much. I was like, he got to have make a play. And mm-hmm. as soon as he got that pick, I was like, damn it. But I bet on Matt Stafford throwing the pick instead because I feel like that was a lot easier. Uh, there you <laughs> go. That was... Yeah, that was more easier money. So I took the safe bet. <laughs> I had two of them. All right. Yeah. So tell everybody about the channel, Twitter, where they can watch, how they can subscribe, where they can follow you on Twitter. Yeah, uh, thanks guys for having me on. Definitely have to have you on my channel. So my channel is Cowboys Fans Only on YouTube. Comment, like, subscribe. Even though it says Cowboys Fans Only, we do NFL draft content. So we got fans from all over chiming in. Uh, we do film breakdowns on a lot of these players, a lot of unknown players. I like the unknown players that a lot of people mm-hmm. aren't talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of get spotlight. Yeah, yeah. Sky Moore is like one of my favorites. Jalen Tolbert, the video that I dropped. So a lot of those guys that you'll probably hear on day two or day three is like my favorite to scout. Um, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, JTuck151. And then we have our own merch store, and our website is CowboysFansOnly.com. Get your merch. Um, use CFO Gain to get 10% off, man. I appreciate all the support, Cowboys Nation, NFL fans. You know, thanks for rocking with me, giving me the opportunity to speak. So let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Anytime you want us on, we're there, brother. Gotcha, man. Gotcha. We're we'll there. do it. Awesome. Even you, Aiden, as an Eagles yeah. fan, we'll bring you on. We'll bring you on. <laughs> I, would, I would love to come on. I would love to do some draft content, too. We'll mm-hmm. definitely have to make yeah. it happen. So, so normally in the season, we do a big, like, round tables, Cowboys fans versus Eagles fans, or content creators, man. The fans just eat it up. Like, honestly, like, we don't get to even say anything because the chats are just like, Eagles, like, I, I'm not answering the questions, man, but it's like eight on eight, man. So we have like a huge showdown. So oh, we'll we're definitely in. bring you on for, for that. Man. Oh, <laughs> I'm go. in there. I'm in there. We'll make it happen. Let's so. go. Awesome. Tuck. Appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll be talking soon. Go All right. Cowboys. Thanks, my guys. Again, Aiden, another Cowboys personality, another friend for life for you. I have an admission. Everybody knows. I love my analogies. I spend a lot of time during the week thinking of analogies that work for this show and how they relate to the Philadelphia Eagles. I must admit, Jay Tuck is better at analogies than I am. He had like seven. And he rattled them off, and I think he did them all off the top of his head. It's like, I remember a little Dickie had this interview where he was like, I would, it would take me months to write a verse and Juice World would just freestyle it and be yeah. better than mine. That's how I feel right now. I yeah. spend so much time on analogies, and I think he just freestyled all of them, and they were better than mine. He's just like, they paid the phone bill, not the mortgage. You were I like, love that yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my mind was blown. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, thank you, Tuck. Appreciate it. Um, also, shout out. Again, I put it in there, but shout out to our guy, Mike. Mike Tag uh, oh, sent yeah. me this little from the Cowboys uh, Eagles game that he was at kind of what started our relationship with him. So I'm going to hang this up behind me uh, for all of our 
our segments. But yeah, shout out tag forty one twenty one. Aiden, this was this was our game in the boxing match. Oh, that was the best. That I can't fun. even believe we scored twenty one points in that game. <laughs> it feels like we scored negative twenty one. <laughs> oh god, what a night. Oh, I miss it. Oh, so much fun. That was the night Vince bought a uh, three dollar bottle of uh, whiskey from a. Uh, a, a, what was that from like a um oh yeah 30 from a gas station it's like buying gas station sushi yeah gas station whiskey Jesus. never it's never a good idea all right oh, let's tick our talks all right this one is near and dear to my heart we'll bring vince back in to do the tiktok <sighs> the time has come to do this again as painful as it is for me we are going to do top three destinations for carson wentz it looks like he's either going to be traded or cut, and he'll be moving on once again as a backup. Let me just say now, I'm not giving up on my take. I remember PFT saying this where he was just like, you can't, you can't go back on your take. You just have to stick with it long enough until it's right. That's how I feel. Third time's going to be the charm. Or until you're dead. I One of them, I don't know which is going to come first at this point. <laughs> All right. I, I'm very, I'm actually extremely intrigued for your list. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Uh, you guys have three, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Just making sure. All right. So at three, I have the Minnesota Vikings. I think they're tired of Kirk Cousins. And I'm thinking North Dakota, Minnesota, Canada, pretty much all the same in my brain. North Dakota native Carson Wentz, I think this would work. I think he'd feel at home. I think he'd play well, and it'd be very ironic that he ended up with Justin Jefferson. Uh, three for me is the New York Giants. Him and Brian Dable I think could actually work out a little well, maybe have a little competition between Carson and Jones. Uh, you, you can't say he wouldn't be surrounded by weapons. The Giants do have weapons. Him, Saquon, Kenny Galladay, you know. I think it could work. Bring him back to the NFC East. Uh, number three, I have the Steelers. Um, I just feel like they can use a guy that I've been told time and time again is a more mobile, younger Ben Roethlisberger. I feel like he, that kind of that kind of guy could just fit right into the Steelers' offense. That actually, I'm very disappointed. Uh -huh. I didn't think of that one. Mm -hmm. All right, at two, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They can say all they want that they're convinced that Kyle Trask could be the guy moving on. I don't buy it. I've been begging, begging, begging for Carson Wentz to have weapons like Mike Evans to throw to and possibly Chris Godwin as well. So at two, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Two, for me, I have the Houston Texans because they stink and so does Carson. <laughs> <laughs> he also has a home in Houston. So. Yeah, there you go. There's some good hunting down there. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, number two, I have the Packers. I just feel like the Packers could use a guy. It's kind of like a gunslinger like Brett Favre was back in the day. I've been told time and time again that Carson Wentz is a gunslinger like Brett Favre was. So it feels like he could fit right in there in Green Bay. All right, at one, I have the Denver Broncos. He hits everything on the checklist that we've talked about with the Broncos. One, he's tall. Two, he's white. And that is the end of the checklist. This is the perfect tall white guy for them to move on to. They also have some weapons that they need to figure this out. They keep drafting weapons, and the quarterbacks around them suck. So at least Carson Wentz is a step up from Drew Locke. That I'm still sure of. 
Uh, one for me, it's the Philadelphia Stars of the USFL League. <laughs> he could come back and play for Philadelphia, but he doesn't have to play in Philadelphia. Um, and it's a brand new start, brand new team. He's a star. They're stars. I think it would be a great fit for him. I think he has a leg- he would have a legit chance to win a championship. I'd buy season tickets. I'd be every game. I think they play all their games in like Mobile, Alabama. Like I the whole be buying season tickets. <laughs> I think the whole uh, the whole thing is played at one stadium. Are they doing like the tour model like the PLL does? Yeah, I think so. That blows my mind. Okay. I don't know how Philadelphia has a team and we're not going to have a team. At one, I watched Carson Wentz every game he played here for five years, right? If there's two things I learned about Carson Wentz, it's that one, he is tall, and two, he is white. So I think the Denver Broncos would be a perfect fit for Carson Wentz. I can't see anyone else that John Elway, other than Aaron Rodgers maybe, but I can't see anyone else John Elway would be like, that's my guy. I can just picture him in that orange. I can mm-hmm. see it. I can see it. I'm I uh, this is the place. We will get this done. He will be we will rise again. The Reds will rise. Mm-hmm. All right, well, be careful. Where are you January 6th? <laughs> Vincent, thank you very much. Uh that was fun. First show officially into the off season. Um and now it's draft season. Aiden. I'm very excited for for that. This is the time. I wait until after the Super Bowl to start like watching videos on prospects and stuff like that. I will say it is the tough time of the year where you're like, oh, what are we going to do for content? And I'm looking up in the corner of my screen how long the runtime was, and it's longer than most shows. So yep. very funny that uh, season ends and we're still cooking. I don't know when this baby is going to come. We are within the um, four-week window now, so. I'm going to be a father no later than five weeks from now. So there may be a show or two where Eddie or Vince pops in or, um, but we'll let you know. Can't wait to be breaking down players on my phone while my, my, my wife's in labor. I'm sure she's in the chair in the chair, terrified of the chair. Um, But even if I'm not here, Aiden will keep you cooking. And then uh, yeah, I'll be home for four weeks off of work. So um, I'll be here doing stuff with you. Cannot wait. End of a great season. Can't wait for another one. We'll get it cooking. But first, we have a special surprise to end the show tonight. Uh, and follow us and subscribe and do all that good stuff. Is that a Billie Eilish hat? Yeah. Isn't she in Philly or something? Yeah, I got it at the concert the other night. You went? You went instead of seeing the Super Bowl. <laughs> wait, you went to Billie <laughs> Eilish? Fucking real. <laughs> Worst! Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, you went to a Billy Eilish concert instead Dude. of watching the Super Bowl, and now you said you don't feel good? Yeah, you got fucking COVID at no, the Billy Eilish concert no, instead no, of watching back. the Super Bowl. So, like, when we talk about the Super Bowl tonight, like, what are you? <laughs> You're not talking about the Super Bowl. You do this for a living. But, Here's a question. Here's a question. Did you? Did you have these tickets before when it was postponed and it just happened to be on Super Bowl Sunday and you're like, ah, damn, I nope. I nope. have these tickets. I already paid Don't for them now on Super Bowl Sunday. Or did out. you go on StubHub and actively seek out tickets to this concert on Super Bowl Sunday? 
Dude, she was a really good concert. <laughs> I could not, honestly, I could not name one song. It's fine. They're all the same. You know um, where else? You know where else there was a really good concert at the Super Bowl. I know that was that was the one thing I was bummed about missing. Did you see any of it? I watched highlights. <laughs> Unreal. I think I our football podcast producer went. I mean, he's got a hat. <laughs> What's up? We, so we just found out, Tuck, that our our producer of a football podcast, all the way at the top, the goofy looking motherfucker, <laughs> went to a Billie Eilish concert on Sunday when the Super Bowl was on. So you missed the Super Bowl for? I mean, you know, I mean, you know, it wasn't it wasn't much to really watch. And here's what I'll say: I'm not going to knock you because since I'm a diehard Cowboys fan, normally I could care less about the Super Bowl, honestly. So you know, but there was a great there was a great concert at the Super Bowl. Right, right, that you miss, but you guys watch it back on YouTube. So, now I'm not gonna lie and pretend I know who the hell Billie Eilish is, but (laughs) you know, maybe it was worth it. (laughs) I have no idea, yeah, I I have zero idea, man. Chris Hansen here, and I'm gonna need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds versus Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yeah, stop doing dumb things. I got two. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Beat the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching.